You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. fans to another episode of btr boxing podcast with me your host sean basto and today is ones to watch episode number two and it's with sam kit larkin enjoyed speaking to sam about his start to his professional career great to hear about how he got into boxing what his amateur career was like what his experiences were there also what his experiences were moving into the professional side of thing the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that not every fan knows about so it was good to hear about how he's overcome them setbacks to turn professional talking about his professional debut talking about his second professional fight and also talking about the future as well so here it is it's episode two series two of ones to watch with sam kit larkin yeah. so i'm delighted to say i've got sam kit larkin on the phone for episode two of ones to watch sam it's great to have you on how are you doing i'm good mate i'm good i'm, I'm tired but i'm good it's all good i'm living a good life at the minute it's all it's all go we're going to be talking a little bit about that today in this episode but as always with the ones to watch series i always ask the fighters that come on to the show and the first question is always what it was that got you into boxing so let us know what what actually got you into the sport of boxing. Well, um, go, I, I first walked into a boxing gym when I was seven years old. Um, my, my granddad were professional, um, and my uncle were, were top top amateur. So I've been around boxing all my life, you know. So as soon as as soon as I as soon as I was old enough to go to the gym, I, I wanted to go. So I, I, I've been boxing since a very young age, you know, and um, and, and it's all been go from there. You see. So what was the first time you'd say you you walked into the gym and you, you kind of got that sense of feeling where you was like, you know. 
this is what I want to do. Yeah, I, I, mean, I was seven, and I remember it clearly. The first, first gym I went to, it was uh, Bert Myers' gym in, in, in Drew Bar in Birmingham. You know, it, it was rough as rats. You know, it was, uh, I was a bit intimidated when I first went, but, but it was brilliant. You know, and I, I boxed all, all through my childhood up until the age of, I think it was 15. Um, and then I, I had a few years out, and then I come back. I boxed at good level schoolboy championships, I won a few area titles at schoolboy and then I, I had a few years out and then I've come back as a senior um, when, I, when I were 21 and then and then obviously I had, I had I had eight fights in the seniors championships and then and then I got off for a short turning pro so I've not looked back as soon as, soon as I got off for a short turning pro you know I've just been all go from there. So what was it that caused you to kind of come in and out of boxing? Was there anything going on in your life that was kind of you know, hampering yeah, the I, reasons for it? To be honest, I'd been boxing, like I said, I've been boxing since I was seven. I've been in around it a long time, you know, and all through primary school and all through high school, you know, I was boxing, I was training every day. And I got, to be honest, I, I got, it, it, with the amateur boxing, you know, the, the, the bad decisions and, 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 the, and, and the stuff like that and the, and the fighters not turning up to fight. I, to be honest, I'd had enough. I, I got to that age, I got to that stage where I just, I needed, a, I needed a, some time out, I needed a break out, you know, and I did do that and then and then I got injured, I had a few injuries, I dislocated my shoulder, I snapped my leg, and all sorts going on and then and then obviously when I when I when I was twenty one I went back, you know, and then I got another injury then, you know, I would, I was twenty four, um and, and I got another bad injury then, a bad shoulder injury and, and I thought this is my time to quit now, you know, I thought I'd had enough. I, I kept having time off work and, you know, I've got kids to provide for and it's no good when stuff like that keeps happening but but I, I rode it out, and then and then I got offered a shot, and I, I just thought, Let, let's have a do, you know, Let, let's see what happens. What was what was the amateur game like for you? I know a lot of people say that a similar thing when I speak to them. It's like some some people say it's you know it's it's a great experience for them, but then obviously some people are are always sort of scarred by certain decisions and things not going their way and. You know, the sort yeah, of, it, it, it seems to leave a bad taste in people's mouth at times as well. It, it is, and, and what I see now, it's got even worse. To be honest, you know, it, it were a lot different when I obviously I'm, I'm 20, I'm 28 now. So it, since I was in school, boys, it's been a long time. But you know, I, I, I got sick of turning up to shows on on Friday nights, and and, and, and my opponent weren't turning up, and, and or they were coming in heavy, or they were coming in too light, and it, it, it would just. It just got it got enough for me, you know. It got too too. It just got too stressful to me for me to be honest. Um, and and it made it made me like I said, I'd done it for that long. I, I just wanted some time out, you know. I'd, I missed a lot of, with my friends, you know, playing out and stuff like that, as you want to do when you're a kid. And and I weren't doing it because I because I put everything into my boxing. And I, I got a good record, you know. I look like I were decent amateurs, but I, I had won most of me that night up to my fights in. In the school boys, you know, I won a few Northwest titles. So I, I feel I felt like I'd succeeded already as well, you know. So I just needed that time out. So going back to to, to to obviously getting into boxing, and we've talked a little bit about the amateur stuff. Go, growing up, you said you've always been around boxing. Did you have any particular fighters that you used to look up to as a kid? Prince Nassim, without a doubt. You know, I, I used to watch him on, on videos. But back in there when it were video players, I used to watch him <laughs> constantly. I, I loved him. I still watch him now. I think he's brilliant, you know. And uh, yeah, he's 100% my favourite fighter. He always has been. And, and I don't know why, to be honest, I just love how, how even I don't box anything like Naz, you know, but I just, I just love, I love watching, great entertainer, you know, and he could bang, I love, I love his power, that's what, that's one thing what I can carry at my weight, his power, so maybe that's, that's why it is. You know what, Sam, he was one of my favourites too, so a lot of people, 
don't really give him the credit I think he, he deserves in this day and age and he had some fantastic fights and like you say he was a banger and he was flamboyant and you know I used to love yeah. the entrances and, and, and growing up as a as a kid you know I'm not too much older than you at 33 but I loved watching him as a kid and he was a, he's a great you know style and entertainer to watch but coming yeah. back to you coming back to you then and you, Nazim was your favourite any any other fighters uh, around maybe say the northwest that you've kind of looked at and gone you know, you know this guy's a great fighter I, I want to get to this level that this guy's at you know obviously you're Ricky I love watching that and you know I love watching them fights and to be honest now I'm a massive boxing fan I always have been but um, I, I pay more attention now to, to, to fighters like prospects or, or low level pros you know and Brit- British fighters more than I do watching these big big American American fights you know in these big Supervising that entertains me more. Two two local lads are giving it the all, and that, that's what happens. You know. So going over then to your career now, you have turned professional. You've had two professional fights so far. Uh, your first one was in early March this year, and you got the the win, a points win in your first fight over Ricky Leach. And you know I was there at that one, and I felt you know you know you looked really really impressive in that one, and I was really impressed by your performance. Uh, and then you had your second professional fight. Uh, not long afterwards in which you, you actually picked up a loss in that one so yeah. talk to me about that experience and from going from having your debut and winning to, to obviously going into your second fight and losing it's hard it's tough a lot of things happen that night you know and, and people what I give a lot of weight away as you know that last year I had three of my debuts cancelled you know and I, I lost a lot on, on I lost a lot of my fans who, who won't even buy tickets off me now because they didn't get money refunded and, and, and my fights kept getting cancelled you know so I'm struggling to do as many tickets now and on the night my opponent turned up he was stone overweight well he was stone heavier than me um, and it really boxed him or, or cancel the fight again and I just thought I can't do that again you know um, I felt tired I'm not one for making excuses you know it, it is what it is I lost but I felt tired as well I got greedy I felt that good off winning my debut I, I wanted to carry on with that buzz you know and, and it was only three weeks after so I'd, I'd been in camp a long time for my debut I've been training for solid for like 10 months and it just, it just all went pear shaped to be honest. You know, I'd, I'd run myself into the ground that much with, with working full time and, and training, and I didn't have a rest. I went straight back into camp after, after my debut, and I, w- I was just shattered, you know. And we being a lot heavier, it, it, from the word go, I was knackered, you know. I, 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 I was knackered. He was leaning on me, I was feeling his shots, and I was eating him with some big shots, and it was just starting because he weren't even. Feeling it, you know, just taking them on chin for fun. So, but it is what it is, and I've forgotten about it now, and, and and I've learned a lot off that night. But no one wants to lose this early on in the career, do they? You know, especially if they want to get to the level that I want to get to. It it sounds like to me like it's been a quite difficult period of time because you're explaining to to myself here that you know you've had three potential fights lined up for yourself, and and three times they fell through before you've even got started in your career. So most people that know the boxing game inside out know that you've got to be able to shift the tickets to at least be able to, if you want to be a home fighter, this is, to at least pay for the fighter to come 
come up and fight you. So you've got that difficulty straight away. And obviously, if you if you are shifting tickets and then it gets cancelled, then you shifting them again and it gets cancelled. Obviously, people are going to think to themselves, well, you know, this this is it's not going to work out. And people pay obviously a lot of money to come to the shows, and, and we appreciate yeah. that. And obviously, I know you appreciate that. So it, it must have been really difficult. And I know speaking to you on the night of your debut, it was like this sort of big weight had, had finally been lifted. The fact that you was able to actually get in there on the night and and, and perform. That that were it. I, I was telling, I was speaking to everyone on the night, and because then. Three the, the, for the for the first when when I've got off when I first got offered the shot at boxing at Colne Municipal Hall in my hometown for my date my professional debut I sold two hundred and sixty five tickets you know it women and then that got cancelled so then my second fight got put on there again then that got cancelled on the night because Kieran Holman turned up with an art murder so that went down to about one hundred and fifty tickets that night then my so it, my tickets have just dropped and dropped and dropped because people don't want to keep handing 30, 35 quid over, do they, to come and watch, no. to come and support me when I'm not even boxing, you know. So, it, yeah, it was, I was saying to everyone on the night, I'd be more, on my debut at Bolton, I'd be more surprised if I get in the ring tonight. I, I was just waiting for the doctor to come in and tell me something up and, and I weren't, that's how much bad luck I've had, I've turned over, but... We got that debut. I went where it would mean, and that's why I boxed so soon because I felt that good. And I'm not getting any younger, you know. It's a bit, a bit old to turn over. He's 28, so that's why I took that second fight so soon as well. And do you think, obviously, from from taking that fight so soon and with everything else surrounding it, you know, in hindsight now, you you probably wouldn't make that same same mistake again, would you? Really? No, there's no way. There's no way. I learnt a lot, you know. As, if I, if my opponent comes in, you know, I, I had to I had to gain weight that day because I knew we were coming in heavier, but I didn't know we were going to be a stone heavier. So, and that's why I felt even rubbish, more rubbish myself because I I'm, I box as as you could tell from my day, I box quite sharp. I eat quite sharp. I'm I'm fast and I come in at like nine stone three, and that, that's massive for me. And I felt flat. I felt fat to be honest. And I, couldn't move, I couldn't get my shots off, so I've definitely 100% learned from it, you know, I've only just got over it, to be honest, but like I said, forgot about now, I've just got to concentrate in for the 30th of June. Today's episode of Once to Watch is sponsored by Bear Attack Boxing, providers of high-quality boxing equipment, and today I want to talk about the Power Focus Pads. Now, they are focus pads that are ideal for training your boxing students, and also for boxing training as well. They've got extra thickness, and they're very, very shock absorbent. This pad is ideal for getting them big hooks, big right crosses, the big uppercuts, the great selection of shots thrown by fighters. So, guys, go over and check them out at www.bearattackboxing.co.uk. Go and check out their new product, which is the Power Focus Pads. Only $24.99. Get over there, check them out. Check them out on social media at Bear Attack Boxing on Facebook, Instagram. And Twitter. So let's move on and talk a little bit about where you train. And you train over uh, an elite boxing gym in Bolton under Alex Matvienko, who I know obviously quite well from past couple of years of, of doing the boxing media game. And you know, I, I've seen fighters come and go in Alex's gym, and, and obviously I've seen the style he teaches his, his fighters. What, what was it that made you decide to turn pro and, and go with Alex? What it were. I- I hadn't always been with Alex. I used to train at Carl Ince's in Garstang. Um And Shane Singleton is retired now. A good pal of mine and a boxing in amateurs. And 
I, I was just, I went, I went down to Jim Shane, just rung me up, said, you want to come down and have a move about? So I went down and it was Carlo offered me the shot at turning pro, but things didn't work out and, and things weren't working out there. And Chris Johnson, a retired pro now who were training there, put me on to Alex and I gave Alex a message. He, he, he gave me, he, he, talk, he replied straight away, told me to come down the day after I'd messaged him for to see what I could do. He threw me, me with Ryan Doyle, threw me in deep end straight away and, and he offered to train me and he's improved me massively, you know. I was still quite amateurish when I went to him, you know, I was bouncing around on my feet a lot. I weren't planting my feet and landing my shots, but he's improved me massively and I can't thank him enough, you know. Him and all the team at Elite as well, you know. They've done a lot for me since I've been there, so. So going forward then, let's talk about your your next fight. You said 30th of June's the date, is it? 30th of June, yeah. Colm, hometown, so I'm hoping I get people back on side with tickets on this show then, you know. And we always talk about on the episodes about sponsorship for fighters and, and sometimes how difficult it is to shift tickets and to be able to get that sort of set, set standard amount of tickets out there to be able to pay for the opponents to come and fight you and, and, and be there but also sponsorships is absolutely critical to allow you to be able to train and give yourself adequate time and adequate space for training uh, as well as whatever else a sponsor provides so at the moment Sam do you have any sponsors uh, if so you know give them a shout out and if not where can they find you I am I, to be honest the support I've got since turning pro has been class and I couldn't whinge anymore about it you know I, I was in a job I quit my job to turn to, to give it a shot you know I thought I quit my job I'll give it a shot training the day in the in the mornings and, and I, I used an old sparring partner man and he let me start and finish as and when I wanted you know, so I could go sparring, I could get to the gym, but it gave me hours to, co- to cover bills, to pay for bills. But as you know, boxing doesn't pay money, does it? Boxing at this level, if you're not doing enough tickets, it's not paying the bills. So I've gone back to work full time now. I'm, I'm running it mornings, I'm up at 4 5 in the morning, I'm running, grafting all day on building sites, and then I'm in Bolton every night training. So, they, so they're long days, but. I'd give all my shout out, all sponsors shout outs, but I'm sorry, but the list is that big. I don't, I couldn't remember them probably. But but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I've got the support. I've got some amazing, you know, and I couldn't, I 100% couldn't have done it without them because, as you know, there's a lot of money and a lot of time goes into into this sport, you know. Um, and I've got a lot of sponsors who help me out with tickets as well, which, as, as we've been on about, that's the main thing is ticket sales. People don't understand the day. What, what go, actually goes on? People think you just go to the gym, you train, and, and you get a fire whenever you want. But no one wants to know that unless you can sell tickets. No one's interested in you. So. And, and that's true, and it's very true what you're saying. And it's for a lot of pros out there that are at a similar stage to you or just starting out. They've got to do exactly the same thing. They've got to try and get people to get on board and follow them and, and find their journey and see what their journey is all about. And 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 be able to get them to invest in paying to come and watch them so you've got to put that performance in by you've got to train so hard put the performances on get the people get the bums in seats and the tickets sold to be able to at least break even uh, before you can start earning the money so it's very important obviously that people do get involved with yourself so in terms of sponsorships if anybody that listens to this episode, uh, you know, likes the sound of, of where you're going, your attitude, your mentality to the sport. 
where could they find you to get in touch with you on social media? Uh, Facebook, obviously, my name is Sam Kitlarkin, and Instagram as well. You can drop me a message on there. And like I say, all all support's massively appreciated, and I do I do put it in. You know, I, I don't I'm not in this doing it all thoughted, I'm, and I've come into this uh, very realistic. You know, I know what it takes to get even to even central area title level English British. I know what it takes to get to that, and uh, I, I'm aiming I'm aiming to get to that level. 100%. So let's have a bit of fun then before we close out our little chat and let's talk a little bit about some of the other stuff in boxing and you told me about your favourite fighter Nazim Hamed uh, obviously he's one of my favourites as well. Favourite favourite fight of all time? Name it. Eee, flipping <laughs> Naz, 100% Naz. I won't, I, won't, I won't shy away from that Naz definitely. Which one though? Kevin Kelly? Uh, uh... Even though he got beat, this is going to sound mad. Barrera, that was it. Sounds weird, even though he were my favourite fighter. But it was good to see how he got exposed. You know, I was I waited a long time to see how we were going to get beat. You know, and uh, Barrera did quite school in dinner. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, I was very disappointed with that one because I expected him to go in there and beat Barrera personally. That was just that was just me stay, staying up till daft o'clock in the morning to watch him cut, he come in late because his gloves weren't right, and then someone chucked yeah. a beer over him on the way into the ring on his hoop so yeah it was absolutely uh, absolutely mental on that one so yeah favourite fight and fighter you've told me about that one in, in today's current scene then who would you say is the most exciting fighter to watch to watch British level yeah, we'll go 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 with Brit go with British and world. Hey, um, I loved watching Ted Cheeseman, you know, and obviously till they got beat. I love watching these these British lads come up who, who were smashing you know, on these media next gen shows, you know, Lewis Richardson, lad, young kids like that, what are absolutely smashing it. I watched there were a next gen show on last week, what Ryan Doyle box on there was some good good kids on that as well, you know. I, I love watching these low level lads. Potential lads who I could box maybe in a few years, you know. I love watching the Bantam and the Super Bantam weights what coming through and smashing it. So yeah, all, all of them, all British fighters, I love. Like I say, I'm more into my when I was growing up. I loved watching me, 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 me big world world class fights, you know. Now I concentrate more on these next gen tours of the British fighters, the lads coming through the rankings, you know, and, and see what I could be up against in a few years. Of course. So what about world level then? Is there anyone in particular that you think of and you think, bloody hell, you know, that's the fighter I want to sit down and watch? Canelo's smashing it in it. I mean, he's got to be Canelo Alvarez. He's, he's something else and, you know, he's a diff- different league, innit? There's a few, there's a few, but like I say, I, I concentrate more on my British, on British fights. So, when you're out and you're running, and I see a lot of videos of you on social media doing your little runs and stuff what's what would you say is the one tune that gets you motivated on them runs <laughs> Flipping <heck>. um <laughs> i run to some i run to some weird music what uh what what's the what's probably the cheesiest one that you listen to and what's the uh, what's the most motivational listen, one listen i've got a true rick <laughs> have you heard of rick astley everybody has <laughs> they were I am until I heard this song on on fucking Hot FM whenever I heard it on. I run, I run to Rick Astley, Angel by my side. Uh, <sighs> that is a cheesy one, but it gets me going. It's cool. <laughs> Any like people have motivational ones that they listen to. Like when I'm at the gym, you know, I'd like I'd have stuff like uh, obviously the Rocky stuff goes on there, and you know, you yeah. get like your the Southpaw film soundtracks a pretty good one to listen to, and and just stuff yeah. like that. Is there any any particular songs that you can 
think of where you think, you know, this is the one that pushes me to that next level? I have a lot, mate, you know, where in, in running to these, running, the, the change, my, mu- my tasting music's mad, you know, I listen to anything and I, I, coming up to each fight, I have a different genre of music while I'm listening to, if, if that makes sense, you know, yeah. so it varies, pal, it varies, they're all over the shop, my Spotify list is absolutely massive, so. <laughs> but the list, the listeners of this podcast are going to know you as the guy that listens to Rick Astley on his runs. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to buy a ticket off me now, are they? Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, I tell you what, it's whatever gets you there and whatever gets you to that point where yeah. you feel it pushes you to that next level, whether it be Rick Astley or whether it be Rocky it doesn't matter as long as it pushes you to that next level and that's what it's all about yeah definitely so you know Sam it's been a pleasure obviously having you on and uh, I really appreciate yeah. you taking the time out to, to speak to me and tell me a little bit more about yourself and your journey and, and what goes on outside yeah. of boxing for yourself and, and, and sort of where you want to look to take your career going forward so thank you very much for coming on yeah brilliant it's been a pleasure and um, I look forward to speaking to you again Sean So there we go, episode number two of series two of Ones to Watch, done and dusted with Sam Kitlarkin. Really enjoyed speaking to Sam about his career, his journey into boxing, talking about things like his music tracks, the fact that he listens to Rick Astley on a run, I thought was absolutely hilarious. The fact that he's a massive Nazim Hamed fan, really interesting conversation that we had about his career and, and what his ambitions are going forward. So if you've enjoyed the episode and you want to subscribe to us, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, you can find us on Podbean, you can find us on Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, Spotify, we're on there. Go and find us on your preferred app. Follow us at tw- on Twitter, at BTR Boxing Pod, on Facebook, BTR Boxing Podcast. You get all the latest news, all the latest updates, all the latest polls for our next episodes of Legendary Nights. They're all on there. So go on and find us on them social media channels. I hope you've really enjoyed this episode of Wants to Watch. And check us out for later on in the week for more reviews and previews of all the action coming up over the next week. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.